eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy end of November, beginning of December. And guess what? It's Tuesday. But still, that means one thing. Fabrizio Romano joins the show as we discuss plenty going around the beautiful game, including Ralph Rangnick and what will happen with him in Manchester United as we await his introduction. Marcelo Gallardo as well. Donnarumma, Dusan Blaovic, MLS, potential transfer rumors, USMNT as always, and much, much more. Kigo Lasso with Fabrizio Romano begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Kegolasso. I'm back. Yes, thank you so much to Des Norris and the entire crew for taking care of business whilst I was away. But guess what? I'm back with the one and only Fabrizio Romano. Fab, how are you, bud? I'm fine, my friend. Now that you're level, I saw your pictures on, on Twitter and I loved it. But okay, I'm good. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I went to Aruba for a wedding. It was great. I have uh, my Peruvian color back uh, and now I'm back in the cold in New York City. But Fabrizio Romano will warm everything up for us. By the way, thank you so much for being part of the family. We are closing in now on 6,000 subscribers on YouTube, uh, which is amazing. Fabrizio Romano, one of your videos recently blew up, my friend. Absolutely blew up. So thank you so much for being part of the family. But how good is it to feel that Kegolasso YouTube just keeps growing, Fab? It's so great. I'm super happy. I'm super happy. Also, remember when we started... And I really love the experience. I'm sure we'll do, we will do many and many other things with the breaking news. I love the impact we have, the transfer of notes, so your interviews and many other stuff that we're doing on Kegolasso. So guys, follow the channel. We have many, many things coming up. Absolutely. And Fab will hopefully be even uh, more part of the show as well in the future. So keep your eye on, on for that. And by the way, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and so many others, thank you so much. Please leave a rating and review. Right then, let's get to business. Uh, Belondor is done. We got some action uh, this week. So much to discuss as we finish the year. But let's begin, Fab, with Manchester United. We believe Michael Carrick will be in charge against Arsenal, but that means that Ralph Rangnick, he's just waiting. He's apparently in Manchester, uh, just awaiting COVID protocols, you know, until he tests negative, etc. But also, there's apparently a little bit of a delay due to uh, an FA independent panel regarding his coaching. I don't, I don't know how serious that is or isn't. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Ralph Rannick and, and when can we expect Fabrizio Romano to see the man at Old Trafford? Yes, they had some problems with the timing of this, of this deal. Uh, first of all, because it was not super easy to find an agreement with Lokomotiv Moscow. They did it and they wanted to be super respectful with the club and also Ragnick himself <coughs> wanted to be 
respectful with the club, and this is why it was taking long last week. Then they were hoping to have Ralf Ragnick ready during the last weekend, but it was impossible because of work permit. And also, this is why now they have this this problem to have him, and so he's not be he's not going to be on the bench with with Arsenal, as you mentioned. I think that if they will be able to do it, then from Ragnick sources they are optimistic, but they're still waiting for the green light. They hope to see Ralph on the bench with Crystal Palace, so with the following game for for Manchester United. But everything is in place, so no one is worried. It's just a matter of a few days, few hours, and my United fans will be able to see their new interim manager on the bench. As we mentioned earlier, uh, literally a few seconds ago, Michael Carrick should be in charge against Arsenal. But what will happen to him and the rest of the coaching staff under Rangnick? Because obviously he's not part of uh, you know uh, the immediate choices. And Rangnick, I believe, is bringing some of his own clientele what's going on what's going to happen with Michael Carrick uh, when when Rangnick comes in oh, I'm told that Michael Carrick will stay will be part of the coaching staff together with Phelan together with McKenna so they want to continue with the same coaching staff this is Manchester United decision and then decide, decide at the end of the season what is the best way to to to, to go on with with the coaching staff and see what will be the manager situation of course at the end at the end of the season but they will stay they will stay uh, this is something I have to say surprising because usually when you fire your manager and you try something new, you also bring a completely new coaching staff. Maybe you're going to keep one or two members, but no more than this. In this case, they are all staying at Man United, so it's something new for 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 a top club. But they want to go on with them. Uh, Ragnik will be allowed to bring a small mem- number of members to Man United. From what I'm told, could be one just one. So they are working on it with Ragnik, with his lawyers, with Locomotive Moscow to have no problems on this process. But they are on it. They are on it. Ragnik is happy with this experience, with this coaching staff. They want He wants to meet with them and then to bring them his ideas because I think what is really key is about the ideas of Ragnik. We know about the pressing. We know how he wants to change the Man United approach on and off the pitch. And so it will be so important to have the right feeling with the coaching staff. So it's important to remember, everybody, Manchester United fans as well, that Rangnick is an interim decision. He's obviously, there's a search for a permanent uh, replacement. How is that going, uh, Fabrizio? Because obviously the similar names come in, Mauricio Pochettino, etc. Is, is there any advancement on that or are they just basically focusing on Rangnick? And is there even a choice if he does well that he stays permanent or is this very much so no matter what happens, an interim and a full time will happen in the summer? I think it's like a 90% for the interim. So he's going to be an interim, of course, but I, they don't have any expectation for Ragnik to stay. At the same point, from what I'm told from Ragnik people's side, he's dreaming of this, to have a long-term contract as a manager of Man United. So he will do his best to have this opportunity. We will see what happens on the pitch with the results and we know how important it is for Man United. And you know better than me how it's football. Maybe in three or four weeks, the feeling around the club and around the team will be completely different. And so Ragni will have the chance to stay long-term at Man United as a manager. It's his biggest dream. Because I can tell you that, um, as I mentioned, when they had the first meeting on Monday, it was one week ago, uh, Ragnik was not happy with the interim job proposed by Man United. Mm. He's not a man for interim. And as we mentioned here on Kegolazo with um, with Jonathan Johnson a few days ago, he was not happy also because he's a man of vision. He's a man of future for the club. And then when they jumped in with a new proposal, including this consultancy role, Ragnik immediately said yes. He accepted the proposal. He was dreaming of this chance. So he wants something for long term. I'm sure that if Man United will offer him this opportunity one day as a manager for long term, he will accept. But at the same point, he knows that as of as things stand now, 
he's interim coach and he will be focused on this six months looking at the future also for contrasts and many other stuff so at the very beginning he felt disrespected i guess just because you know he thought he could bring much more than just an interim title and now manchester united offering that consultancy uh position probably strengthens everything for him that that's exactly what fab is saying listen uh fab obviously uh, the discussions of permanent managers one the summer included so many names in it in sedan mauricio pochettino of course but you know what's interesting to me uh fab is that there's another manager out there and i, I you know i haven't been around in the last few days so i wanted to come back to you with this one but marcelo gallardo the greatest manager in river plate history possibly arguably, to me anyway, the best club manager in South America. His contract technically runs out in December. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, conversation about what could happen to him. Even he was discussed perhaps after Kuman left Barcelona. Obviously, that didn't happen with Xavi. But there's been many links uh, for him, not just recently, but for many years about him maybe coming to Europe. But I believe that you mentioned that uh, River Plate fans could be happy Uh, this month. But what's the latest on Marcelo Gallardo and his future, specifically in Argentina or in Europe? Well, first point um, is that about Marcelo Gallardo, he was super, super happy with River Plate project. But at the same point, he wanted to be focused on this end of the season, to be 100% sure to win another title and then decide. So he has a meeting scheduled with River Plate board to decide together what is the best way to, to continue together or maybe to change this project after so many years. So nothing has been decided yet. He received some proposal one month ago from Arab clubs. It was a really huge proposal with a huge salary, but Marcel decided to say no to this kind of, of opportunity. He wants to do a different step for his future. Um, for about Barcelona, he was in the list together with Roberto Martinez before Xavi jumping as favorite for the job. He was in the list. So it's true that someone close to Laporta was pushing for Marcelo Gachardo as a possibility. But then from, from, from Barcelona's side, they decided to wait and then go for, for Xavi. Let me say my personal opinion, my friend, is about Gachardo. I'm, I, I try with Argentinian pronunciation of his name because I love this manager. Uh, he reminds <laughs> me... He reminds me of Antonio Conte in his kind mm -hmm. of ideas. I see him like the South American Antonio Conte. I would be super curious to see him in Europe in top clubs or mid-table club, but with kind ideas, with a real project. And so I really hope to see him in Europe and not for another South American chapter to be respectful with South American fans. Of course, I know River Plate fans want Gachado to stay, but at the same point, I think he deserves a chance in Europe to, to test his his skills as a manager also here. I don't know the country, maybe it could be Spain, Italy, England, but I think he deserves to prove himself in this kind of leagues because I think he's an incredible, incredible manager with great ideas and I would love to see him here. So I love the fact that you 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 pay homage. There's there, well, there's an Italian Argentinian bond anyway, right? So <laughs> yes. Mar Marcelo Gallardo. Okay, yes. I'll, I'll say it just for all our Argentinian friends uh, as well, Marcelo Gallardo. Okay, so personally, <laughs> obviously, I'm with you. I would love to see him. Uh, Antonio Conte is a good comparison. I see him as a Simeone 2.0 in yes. many ways as well. Exactly. You know, um, especially in defensive transition. But uh, you would think, where is it leaning? No, Fab, are we thinking he's going to stay at River Plate? Do, is, this, is, is there any inclination of that? Or, or do you think that maybe he could be persuaded by somebody else? You know, I'm sure that he's not, he's not sure about this. Because, um, because when 
I'm asking to people close to him, the answer is always we need to meet. We have to see what happens. And when you answer like this, for my experience, it means that you need to talk with the club to see what is the project. And then yeah. you have some ideas for other opportunities. At the same point, he's not saying I want to leave because if I know his mentality after the game, after winning, he would have said, okay, I'm leaving the club, I'm leaving as a winner. So uh, he's not decided yet. I'm sure that in the coming few days after the meeting, he will announce what he wants to do. So we will keep tabs on this one, everybody. Sure. Uh, but let's move on and let's go from Argentina to Donnarumma, who won, uh, who was a winner in the Ballon d'Or, the Yoshin Award for Best Goalkeeper. Well done, uh, Donnarumma. But there's been rumors and uh, Nasser Akalafi had to deny it that apparently the goalkeeper wants out of PSG. Perhaps too much competition with Keylor Navas. Perhaps not enough consistency with the PSG starting lineup. Uh, what's the latest on this? Uh, is, is this true uh, or is Nasser basically correct? Uh, listen, everybody be quiet. He's happy at PSG. Yes, it started because of an interview of Donnarumma himself with TNT Sports Brazil after the Italy game, the poor Italy game with Ireland. And he said uh, that he was not super happy with the current situation. He was suffering of this situation with Keylor Navas, of the competition with, with Keylor Navas. And this is why we started with the rumors here in Italy talking about Juventus, talking about opportunities for Italian clubs to re-sign Gigi Donnarumma. Um, from what I told, from what I told, the situation is we know that his agent is Mino Raiola and he has a fantastic relationship with Paris Saint-Germain. So it's true that the player was, I can't say disturbed, but I want to say he was not super happy because he was used to play always since he was 16 with AC Milan. He was always the starting goalkeeper and never had any competition. So it's something new to him to have this kind of situation with Keller Navas. But at the same point, Donnarumma knows that Paris Saint-Germain is the club of the future for him. He's prepared to fight and so this is why what Nasser said yesterday that Donnarumma will be our goalkeeper for the coming season and there is no plan to let him live is absolutely the truth. It's the same they say to Minoraiola. They want Donnarumma to be the goalkeeper of Paris Saint-Germain for many many years. I think this boy is special because as he won as you mentioned in the Ballon d'Or yesterday he won the Yashina award and he won the best player of the Euros. He won the Euros with Italy. He's always been amazing when he played. So I think they're absolutely, they did an incredible business because they signed him as free agent. We have to remind about this. Okay, it's a big salary, but he's, he was free agent for the next five years. So it's something amazing for PSG and I see them keeping him. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a major point that everybody needs to remember. He came on a, on a free transfer, yes. didn't have to pay a fee to AC Milan. Uh, I do, I, I've been saying this for a while now, and obviously you have to excuse my Latin American <laughs> bond to my Latin American brothers, but Keylor Navas, once again, I felt, was just so disrespected, you know, coming into this. But I'm wondering, Fab, could we even see Keylor Navas leave uh, even before the end of the season? I think it's going to be complicated in, in January just because, you know, to respect Keylor Navas, we have to say that he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And it's not easy in January to find a club that is looking for this kind of goalkeeper with mm. his salary, that is a Paris Saint-Germain salary. And he so wants Champions is, League. Yeah, in the, yeah. Exactly. He wants a top club and I think he deserves. And so this is why I think maybe end of the season will be easier for him to take a decision. It's going to be, I'm sure that end of the season is going to be him or Donnarumma. It's not going to be both another season in competition. I don't see this. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... Good to know, definitely from uh, Pochettino's standard, I guess, because he has a, a good uh, decision, a good, a good problem when you have Keylor Navas and Donnarumma uh, as your two goalkeepers. What's the latest on Kylian Mbappé, by the way? Because we are closing in uh, on January, and obviously 
you know, uh, becoming a free agent. What's, what's the latest on Kylian Mbappé? Well, it's basically, it's basically the same the same situation that we always say at the moment. He's still in silence, and this is something positive for Real Madrid because they wanted to relax the situation after Leonardo being furious with Real Madrid many times, with, with Ancelotti, with Real Madrid board, with Florentino, with Benzema, who was speaking in public about Bappe connection in, in the future. So Real Madrid now wants the situation to be relax it and quiet. They are still working to sign Kylian Mbappé as free agent. So this is the biggest target for Real Madrid and they're still in it. But at the same point, from Paris Saint-Germain, they still hope to keep the player. They still hope to extend his contract. This is also what Nasser said yesterday. I hope to progress in a negotiation with Kylian. I think it's going to be difficult for PSG, to be honest, because at the moment, the feeling is still the same, that Kylian dreams of Real Madrid. But let's see. We are in a quiet moment for the negotiation, but with Real Madrid always there. You know, what's really interesting, Fabrizio Romano, is that at this point, I see Vinicius Jr., one of the best players in the world, and just the idea of having Kylian Mbappé, Benzema, Vinicius Jr. in that lineup is yes. kind of resuscitating the Galactico title that Real Madrid won. How good is Vinicius Jr. these days? Incredible. Huh? incredible. He's incredible. I think your point is very good because... I think in Spain they know, and who is watching international football knows, but from other countries they maybe can't understand how special is this boy right now, how he's growing up game by game. His progress has been incredible. And so I 100% agree with your point. If they will be able to sign Mbappé, to have Mbappé, Vinicius and Benzema will be something <laughs> incredible. And they also have Rodrigo who is doing great and is improving and they want his contract to be rediscussed soon. So, you know, I think I'm sure that Real Madrid will do something great for the future. This is yeah. what I see. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Poor Eden Hazard, I think. Yes. <laughs> we uh, are here with Fabrizio Romano on Kigo Lasso Fab. I really wanted your thoughts on uh, your countryman here, Jorginho, getting a, a podium finish in Ballon d'Or, third place. I think that's a remarkable achievement for Jorginho. You know, everything that he did, of course, winning the Champions League, the Euros, etc., doing so well with Chelsea. What did you think of, uh, well, first of all, not just Jorginho, but the ceremony in general? What do you make of it? Yes, I'm, first of all, I'm happy for Jorginho. It's nice to see an Italian into the podium, as you mentioned. So I'm super happy and I think he deserved because he did an incredible season. At the same point, um, I think Messi and Lewandowski were at the same level, so I'm not judging this. I was not so happy with some decisions in other positions. For example, I can't accept Ruben Dias in position like 26 he was. And I yeah, think that's crazy. ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's crazy. I, I have the feeling that sometimes for the Ballon d'Or, um, it's like that they are going going to give this award always to strikers. And okay, I can understand that strikers are making our game fantastic and beautiful, 
But Ruben Diaz was winning games for Manchester City. In Manchester City, we're in Champions League final, thanks to Ruben Diaz in many, many games, into the semifinals, into the quarterfinals, he was amazing. And same for Golo Kante. I think he's another player that is really underrated, okay, fifth position, but this boy did an incredible season. And I think if Chelsea won the Champions League, 80% or 70% is thanks to this boy. So, you know, I think, I hope that for the future of Ballon d'Or, they will be able to give this award one day also to players that are fighting behind the scenes or behind the number 10, number 7, and number 9. Because I mentioned Ruben Diaz, but I can mention many, many players in this position that maybe are not receiving what they deserve. And also I can't understand that Lingolan Bay in position 11. Yeah. How is possible? <laughs> scoring 50 goals in 50 Bundesliga games, scoring in every single Champions League game he played in his life. So I can't understand. But okay, I'm sure that next year will be, will be better for him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Very, very good point. Sometimes I feel these awards uh, partly are obviously, especially Ballon d'Or, because they're decided by, you know, clubs and journalists and stuff. But sometimes I feel nostalgia comes into it and also a major focus on major competitions, which is true. I mean, yeah. take nothing away from Lionel Messi winning Copa America with Argentina. But we do have to remember the format of Copa America was kind of ridiculous. Four out of five teams in the group went through and they went straight into the quarterfinals. Emiliano Martinez actually did everything against Colombia, saving three penalties. So you got to give him some credit, uh, you know. So and to your point, uh, sometimes, you know, players that are not attackers get dismissed. And uh, your point about Ruben Diaz is exactly also, right. Also, Eduard, yeah, Eduard Mendy not included <laughs> in the top 30. How oh, is my possible? God, that kid is ridiculous. <laughs> he has more clean sheets than any other goalkeeper in the last yeah. 10 years. And, and won the Champions League, first African, I believe. In a team that had no striker scoring 20 goals in Champions League or no number 10 being the best player of the competition. So it means that defensive players were key for Chelsea. Like we mentioned Kante, but also Edu Mendy as goalkeeper. How is possible they are not in the top 30? Sorry, Eduard Mendy is not in the top 30. I can't understand. Yeah, these awards. Uh, anyway, Fab, nobody's better than John McGinn, so it doesn't really matter. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here with Fabrizio Romano. Let's keep going on some transfer information. Somebody that will definitely, at some point in his career, make it in the top five, top ten, I believe, is Dusan Blaovic, uh, the Fiorentina striker. What a player. Uh, the World Cup next year will be a great platform for everybody to see just how good he is. What's the latest, by the way? We talk about him all the time. You, my friend, are the one that has said it from day one. Only 21 years old. What's the latest on, on the Serbian striker? I'm in love with this player. Let me say, he's incredible. Every single game, I, I, I have the feeling that this boy is going to become something, something special. At the same point, he confirmed to Fiorentina his decision that is to not extend his contract that is running out in 2023. So it means that it's going to be a really dangerous situation for Fiorentina. They want to sell the player in January, but they want 70 million. So I, I know it's crazy to say they want to sell the player, but because they know they're facing the risk to lose him as yeah, free. Because otherwise he goes for free. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this is why they are open to sell the player in January, but they want 70 million. And I think it's not going to be easy to receive. We have Juventus rumors, and it's true that Juventus are interested, but not for January and not for 70 million. There will be interest in next summer if Lawish will be still available on the market. I will keep an eye on top clubs around Europe like Tottenham, Atletico Madrid. They always had an interest in Vlaovic. But I think if we keep scoring like this, I think also other clubs will jump in the race because he's scoring in many different ways. He's incredible. His mentality is not just about the goals. Imagine that this boy has the city against him because he announced it in public that he wants to leave the club and he's not extended the contract. But at the same time, every single game, playing, scoring and helping Fiorentina to have a nice season. So I think what he's doing is very interesting and so special for, 
for his future because it's going to be the next big thing in European football. This is such a tricky situation because or for everybody because Fiorentina, like you said, if he doesn't leave, if he doesn't get sold, he goes on a free. Fiorentina absolutely yes. don't make any money out of it. A club can risk that and be like, I'll try and get you free, but you're also now facing a lot of competition if you do that. So you might not get it as a club. And then to your point, you have to pay 70 million in January, but that could be good because you don't have that much competition from other clubs. Yes. Every way that you see it is, is, is tricky. And, and his stock will rise surely as we keep going in 2022 towards Qatar and everything like that as well. So it's really tricky for everybody. Do you see him going in January or do you see him more uh, going on a free? Where, where are you leaning? Just personal uh, opinion. I'm also, told, I'm also told that the player is not desperate to leave in January. He's happy with his Fiorentina right. life. He's happy with Serie A. He's happy with scoring and scoring goals. So maybe in summer he will have a lot of power, you know, to decide and to have a different Good market point. situation. So I expect Vlaovic to have chances to stay at Fiorentina. Then if a club is jumping with 75, 70 million and finding an agreement with Fiorentina... We have to see what Flavic will say because I want to remind that last summer in August, Atletico Madrid offered 50 million plus 10 million euro add-ons. So it was 60 million plus a future sale percentage to Fiorentina. And the player said, I don't want to leave. And hmm. the same from Fiorentina side, they were not super happy. So, you know, it's also about the player, not just about Fiorentina. It's the player who decides. And this is why Fiorentina are feeling that he already has an agreement with the top club. Yeah, and the closer we get to the summer, the more power the player has, of course, yes. as he doesn't have to worry about anything else. All right, let's go from Europe. Well, I mean, Europe's still in the conversation, but I did want to talk to you, uh, Fab, as we nearly close up here. Uh, news in North America, obviously MLS playoffs, very exciting over here. Uh, as we tape, NYCFC phase the New England Revolution, super exciting as well. Uh, with Philadelphia Union doing some good things. Um, listen, let, is there as the season in MLS wraps up, the conversation around December, January, et cetera, is always potential MLS transfers. Is there anybody specifically that we should be looking at um, that even if we have already discussed them, somebody that deserves a, a little extra attention as we close MLS? Yes, I will keep an eye. We always have rumors here in Italy about the situation of, of Lorenzo in Signe because we have newspapers every single day writing about Toronto. And I can say again that it's true that Toronto made a very big proposal on the economical side to, to Lorenzo, but at the same point, he's going to stay at Napoli 100% in January and then decide at the end of the season what he wants to do as potential free agent. He had an interview a few days ago and he said it's up also to Napoli, not just to me, because he wants a bigger proposal to, to, to stay. Let's see what is going to happen, but I think it's going to be very complicated for, for Toronto. I'm curious to see what is going to happen with Ricardo Pepe, because as we always mentioned, some Italian and German club were hoping to send him for maybe seven or eight million euro, but this is not the case. Uh, Dallas want much more than this. Uh, it's going to be around 14, 15 and so this is why now the negotiation is going quiet and I think it's positive. Also because we had too many rumors for too many clubs from Real Madrid to Wolfsburg to Ajax, Italian clubs, and it was not positive for the boy, I think. Now to have this kind of situation means that the negotiations are undergoing underway and it's something positive for, for Ricardo Pepi. At the same point, I can tell you again on Pepi that Italian clubs are still interested. They are keeping an eye on him. So they're not prepared to spend 15 million, to be honest but they hope that this price will change to, to try. So I think it's going to be an interesting race in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, talking about uh, American strikers and Serie A, you also mentioned Daryl DK, right? Uh, Serie A clubs as well as the Bundesliga, he remains a topic of conversation. What's the latest yes. one that I think we definitely know is leaving uh, his current club is Brian Reynolds, right? Uh, whether it's permanent or alone, what's the latest on that? Yes, Brian Reynolds will leave also because uh, Kastorp, who is a starter for Roma, he's always playing and Jose Mourinho is never changing. So he's not happy with, with Reynolds, but not with the boys, just with he thinks that he's not ready for Roma level. And this is why I see him leaving alone. It's going to be complicated to find a club to pay seven or eight million for Reynolds after never playing with Roma. So I, I see a loan deal for him and they are working on it and Roma are absolutely open to letting go in. In, in January, we will see also for Dyke what is going to happen. As I told you, there is interest from Italy, but it's always about the price to see if these clubs will have the, the idea so clear to say, okay, I want to sign and trust this boy, as for example, Venezia did with Gianluca Buzio, and they've been great because he's doing fantastic with Venezia. And I think the progress of this boy is something that is really showing how the clubs, if they want to sign for MLS, they can find right talents, but they have to trust them. Uh, not as Roma did with Reynolds. They signed him, but he was never playing. He never had a chance. He played like one or two games. He deserves some chances and he deserves some trust. Uh, and this is what happened with Buzio with Venezia and he's doing great. So I think it has to be the way for, for Dyke if some of this club will decide to pay real money for him. Wow. Uh, well, lots, lots to discuss. Fabrizio Romano, it's always good to have you. The Peruvian-Italian connection, <laughs> just like Panetton and Gianluca Lapadula. It's always good to have Peru and Italy right. come together. And by the way, Fab, uh, we'll be back as well later in the week. But Fabrizio Romano, thank you so much for being part of the family. Thank you so much, my friend. Make sure that you follow him on Twitter and Instagram, Fabrizio Romano. Anything that you're working on, particularly this week, Fab, that we didn't mention? This week we have Serie A football, so I think, and international football, so I think it's not going to be super easy to have big updates. But for example, Marcelo Brozovic talking about Serie A as our content on Paramount Plus, he will be discussing with Inter his contract extension, and I think it's going to be an important week for him because if he will be a free agent, many clubs will be ready to jump on Brozovic, but Inter are still optimistic to extend his contract. I love it. I love it. Serie A action as well on Paramount Plus, as Fab just mentioned. Of course, make sure that you check it out. Fabrizio Romano, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, my friend. See you soon here on Que Golazo, as always. And thank you. Thank you, everybody. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Que Golazo Pod, youtube.com forward slash Que Golazo. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. Keep growing with us. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We'll see you next time.